Welcome to the Fabulously Keto podcast aimed at improving health, vitality and quality of life. Eating real food in a ketogenic lifestyle. I'm Jackie Fletcher and I'm based in the UK. And I'm Louise Reynolds, an Aussie currently based in Bangkok, Thailand. Each week we will be bringing you guests who share their stories and discuss a range of topics which we hope will improve your health and well-being. Many of the guests, like us, came to Keto for Weight Loss and have stayed for their well-being, numerous health benefits and because they are living their best lives. We hope you will be inspired to incorporate these ideas into your own health journey so that you can feel better than you ever have before. Thinking about starting keto? Take a listen to episode number two, What is Keto and How to Start? Welcome to the Fabulously Keto podcast. This is episode 30. This week we're interviewing our good friend, Emma Sol. Jackie and I had the opportunity to get to know Emma through Daisy Brackenhall's Facebook group, The Kick-Ass Keto Bitches. And our first meeting with Emma, Jackie and I were with Carl Franklin from the Two Keto Dudes. So I've always remembered that because we were in the cafe in Epping, which was close to Jackie. And um, yeah, we were all fangirling our, our good friend Carl Franklin from the Two Keto Dudes. And uh, yeah, it was a great, a great opportunity to, to meet all together for the first time. Yeah. And I, I was, I'm, I'm quite shy anyway. You wouldn't think it, but I am. And I just sat there very quietly and Emma just was talking and talking and talking about all her life story and everything that was going on. And it was like, oh, okay, I don't need to say anything. <laughs> but I probably should have made more of an impression on Carl. But that's okay because, as you said, Emma's got enough personality to, to fill a room and that's why we really love her because, you know, her story, as the listeners will hear, is, you know, fantastic you know her commitment to her health journey and you know she's got got so much knowledge and experience from from her health journey yeah so jackie would you tell the listeners a little bit more about emma emma soul is a nearly 50 year old lady who is on a mission to rid herself from continuous ill health and a few too many previous chocolates crisps and cakes now stored as pesky fat cells She has come to realise that carbs are not necessary at all and if the cravings get too much she imagines her fat cells exploding and her previous dietary misdeeds being consumed. She has battled to lose 80 pounds and is on a mission to lose another 80 pounds. Born six weeks early, Emma suffered continuous respiratory infections from birth until 2017. In 2011 she suffered a bizarre group of symptoms which meant she was unable to walk properly, speak coherently or process thoughts and actions. After the symptoms abated and she was left with myalgic Myalgic encephalomyelitis, got it, myalgic encephalomyelitis, can't do it again now. How do you say that? Myalgic Encephalomyelitis, encephaly, encephalomyelitis. Oh, well, I'm After glad symptoms I'm not abated, yeah, 
So after symptoms abated, she was left with chronic fatigue syndrome. (laughs) Um, Also known as chronic fatigue syndrome. Yeah, she could have just left me. Yeah, I'm sure she did that on purpose to help me get round those words. The neurological glandular fever has left Emma partially disabled. Diagnosed with type 2 diabetes in 2016, a bowel tumour in 2018 and hypertension in 2019, she battles on the path to good health whilst fighting food addiction, walking and balance problems. Every day she gets incrementally better and she is so thankful that this lifestyle has given her hope and an immune system that can now fight. So let's hear from Emma. Welcome, Emma, to the Fabulously Keto podcast. It's fabulous to have you here today. Thank you. Great to be here. What we'd like to do to start is to ask our guests, where in the world are you? I'm in a very tiny little um, hamlet in the southwest of England um, called Bradford-on-Avon. That's the town. And the hamlet is called Iford. Well, and it's really good to have um, Jackie as well. So Jackie's here with us today because it was the three of us that met up in a cafe in Epping. And it was one of those great moments, um, if, if I remember correctly, that we were meeting Carl from the two Keto Dudes. That was our first time that we met. That's right. The three of us. Yeah. So, it, yeah, and here we are again today. So we are virtually. Yes. And it was through Daisy Breckenhall's group that the three of us actually did meet up. So, again, we give a shout out to our good mate, um, Daisy, because we met through her group when we were obviously I was in the UK living and working. And I really wanted to connect with some, some women in my local area. And at that time, you were living somewhere over in, just remind me where? In Buckhurst Hill um, on the central tube line. Yeah, just up the road from so, me. Yeah, and that's and that was the great thing about um, having having local women and connecting with them in in the area. So, and we happened to have um, Carl visiting in London that time, and we got to got to catch up and, and meet up. And Emma and I caught up a couple of times after that as well. So, did. Mm, so did Emma and I. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, now I didn't know about that. That's hiding on me. <laughs> well, Emma, why don't you start by telling the listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got started on your low carb keto journey? Okay. Um, well, I've actually been sick, sick since before birth. My mum actually had um, problems with me when she was pregnant with me. I was born um, about six weeks early, uh, ventilated had lung problems from the beginning, quite a sickly child, lots of tonsillitis, glandular fever recurring, um, ear infections, things like that, never completely well, happy but not not very well, a few sort of traumatic things in childhood as well, emotionally, but um, then as I got older, the lungs sort of continued to be a problem, the glandular fever continued to be a problem, Um, and then when I was 38, I started to um, lose my balance, um, lose, I lost my peripheral vision, um, 
uh, had all sorts of really sort of mysterious things, um, had bladder problems and uh, the left side of my body, I had a palsy, um, it was wasn't functioning, my arm was curving in, so they thought maybe I'd had a stroke or I had multiple sclerosis or something. And then equally mysteriously, about eight weeks after the initial sort of falling down of it all, um, I started to slightly recover. I also had lost most of my speech, could hardly, uh, couldn't articulate things, um, and was pretty poorly and in quite a dark place. And eventually saw a neurologist, and he said that it was glandular fever, the neurologic, neurological glandular fever, um, which is apparently incredibly rare, um, and that's why I hadn't been diagnosed with it sort of previously but because of my history of glandular fever that this has happened um it was very like having a stroke to be honest with you my left side of my body is still actually much weaker than the right side of my body and I'll probably always have a slight limp um but compared to how I was unable to walk and talk um as you can hear I'm absolutely fine talking now um, and, and that was sort of the culmination of all the illness and all the history was this, this big event in 2011. Uh, it all went horribly wrong. Um, and the doctor said to me, well, this has happened. We haven't really seen it, not really heard of it, can't really do anything about it. Sorry about that. Get on your life. Wow. That was it. That must have been devastating. It was. I was, I was single at the time, um, living away from my family I had some very good friends who who looked after me and and we had some you know wonderfully funny moments for instance when I got my motability scooter stuck in a lift at John Lewis diagonally and we had to have six security guards to lift it out and I just laughed and laughed we both just laughed we were helpless with laughter it was nothing to do with the disability we were laughing so much at this that we just couldn't stand up. To be <laughs> so there were there were moments of joy, but mostly it was very it was very dark and very frightening because I've been training to be a midwife um, and I had to give that up and I was told I probably wouldn't be able to go back to it. It left me with chronic fatigue syndrome or ME, um, which probably was more debilitating and difficult to cope with than the initial illness mm. um, because suddenly I had to rethink everything I was doing so I had to I learned the hard way it took me a year to realize that I couldn't overtax myself or I suffered and spent days and days or months in bed um, and it, it was tricky um, and that's what 10 years ago now nearly um, and I would say that I still have small amounts of issues from that now but not not compared to, to how it was yeah um so so how long were you bedridden for completely bedridden nearly a year and i was probably spending 23 hours a day in bed i would have thought 20 23 and a half i would get up to go to the loo and sit up to have something to eat and drink 
a couple of times a day someone would bring me something um and that was I would have to persuade myself to do that over a long period of time so it would take me an hour to process that thought and make myself sit myself up or make myself go to the loo um because I was I just it, it was physically difficult it was really hard work and it was really and it just even the thought of it exhausted me and it's it's a really strange thing chronic fatigue people think they say they're tired but it is a crushing tiredness um it hurts your entire body um it's painful to move it's painful in your brain it's painful to think about it and it's physically painful um and it it has it has a knock-on effect and my my lag is 48 hours so if I do something terrible on a you know very exerting on a Monday on a Wednesday Tuesday will be fine on Wednesday I will feel absolutely awful mm. um and it was learning how to balance that it was like a, a, a sort of a bank account you take if you take something out you have to put something back in and it was learning the whole the tricks of it and what was too much for me and what was too little and unfortunately the body changes and you change and so you then have to reevaluate that and that's been that's been quite tricky keto has helped with that but in in some ways it's made it more difficult because it, that's changed the goalposts so i've had to reevaluate what's too much what's too little you're constantly adjusting constantly yeah absolutely I have a very demanding job. Um, I look after a, a two-year-old at the moment. He's lovely, but quite challenging. As two-year-olds um, can be. As two-year-olds can be. Um, he's very, very bright. Uh, he's probably genius level, to be honest with you. Um, and But he ha- emotionally, he's, he's two years old. So that has a lot of challenges and a lot of difficulties um he's he's the joy he's the joy of my life in many ways I love him to bits but it's hard work as any any of the listeners who are mums or have children know um so that's very demanding and nannies typically work 60 hours a week um it's a long day and um that makes you know the whole thing hard the, the balance of the energy and eating the right food and bothering you know there are times when I walk in the door and I just get into bed still um but those times have lessened um I have less of the the the, the crushing exhaustion than I ever did and um the, the, the increment the gains have been probably quite small compared to a lot of people have been quite slow to heal but the initial healing was dramatic because the doctor said to me, oh, you know, you just have to live like this and you'll have to go on social security. And I was like, I don't think so. I'm not doing that. I'm, you know, I've always worked for a living. I need to work for a living. My brain will just just die if I don't work for a living. And I just basically had to make myself. So I only did two things in my life. I worked and I went to bed. That was all I did for about three years. Mm. Uh, if I wasn't at work, I was in bed because, you know, I was unwell. Um, it was the only way I could sustain working full time. And it was, it was hard, but it, it was worth it because it, it taught me a lot. Um, 
and that was 2011, 2012 I went back to work. I didn't actually find keto until 2016 when I'd had enough of seeing so many specialists and doctors who were saying, just don't think we can do anything for you apart from give you counselling. Um, and I said, look, I'm not mad. I'm not. There's nothing wrong with me mentally. I'm not making this up. Um, I don't really think that counselling will help me. Mm. Um, and that the NHS still prescribes cognitive behaviour therapy for chronic fatigue. Um, and for me, I didn't feel it was the right way to go because I'm I'm quite emotionally intelligent. I don't need someone to tell me why I'm making these decisions. I needed actual proper help on how can I relieve myself of this thing. So I found keto on my own. And it was through um, a diet program that was uh, sachets. And they talked a lot about ketosis. And I thought, oh, you know, this sounds interesting. I'll Google this and see what it is. And that's how I found keto. And initially I found Daisy's group, AKB, and thought this is irreverent, sarcastic loveliness. Um, I'll have a bit of this. And just hung around reading things, listened to the keto do, read lots of things, and that's how I found keto. And within probably three or four weeks, I started suddenly to feel a bit energetic and thought, oh, this is pretty special, and began to lose weight, and I hadn't been able to lose weight for about 15 years. Um, and within the first 18 months, I lost 100 pounds. Wow. And was jolly pleased with that. And, de- and was able to work full-time without being constantly exhausted and having to go to bed all the time. Um, even had a part-time job as well as a full-time job at one point. Um, able to do things like concentrate on my life. Uh, had met my husband at that point and was able to sustain a relationship um, and a job, which were all most people think of as normal. But when you're chronically exhausted, you you think about two things, going to bed and having to get up again. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Um, so it was a, a bumpy journey to get to it, but once I discovered it, um, yeah, wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Um, then in 20, I think it was 2017 or 18, I went for a routine colonoscopy, um, because I've been having a few brow changes and they thought, oh, just, you know, we'll just check it's all okay. And they found, um, several um, lumps, which they said I needed to take out for, you know, um, examination. One of the lumps did turn out to be cancerous, um, and I was incredibly lucky that my doctor had been sympathetic to me and said, go for that colonoscopy, because some of them would have just said, oh, just watch your diet, do this, do that, because one of them turned out to be cancerous, and it was just very good luck that I had it you know, excise. So they said, we'll book you in for another colonoscopy to remove it properly and do a proper investigation. So they gave me six weeks between the initial appointment and the, the second operation and said, just, you know, carry on as normal. So I aggressively went carnivore in those six weeks. 
I think I maybe had a bit of broccoli every now and then, or a bit of salad, vaguely. And when I went back six weeks later, they, they uh, offered me the drugs. I said, no, I won't have the drugs, just get on with it. Um, and they got on with it, and there's a lot of muttering and what's going on. And I said, is there a problem? And she said, um, well, I'm just looking in the place where, where it's supposed to be, and I can't find it. And I said, what, what do you mean you can't find it? I mean, you know, you know what you're doing, really, you know, <laughs> a bit worried, you know. She said, I'm just going to go and get somebody else. So off she went, came back, someone else came in. Oh, no, mutter, 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 mutter. Um, eventually they, they found something, brought it out and said, well, this must be a mistake. It, it's a third of the size of what it was. Wow. And I said, um, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that, that, I think that can happen. She said, what do you mean? I said, well, I've been following this aggressive diet over the last six weeks. Um, so I was, you know, a bit scared and everything. Oh, right. Oh, I'm sure it's not that. I said, oh, okay, okay, whatever you think, you know, yeah, whatever, in my head. And um, it turned out that um, it had actually shrunk. It had shrunk to a a third of the size of what it was in the six weeks. Um, It had not invaded invaded through the bowel. Um, It had not spread. I had an MRI that showed that I had no cells, cancer cells or anything malignancies or anything in the rest of my body and I will totally and utterly believe that it was the diet that did that because I I was I think I was I was on the path to bowel cancer you know um so that was pretty miraculous Mm. I've had 33 conditions over my life um I just made a list the other day just I thought for this I've probably only got four that are a bit persistent and I've only put I've put on a bit of paper that they're fifty percent of what they were. So that's pretty amazing as well. Yeah, fantastic. Um and you saying, you know, people joke, oh go keto, it'll cure it, it'll cure this, it'll cure that and everyone sort of laughs politely, you know. But I actually do believe that it actually is compatible for most things. Made a dramatic difference to my life. Um, uh, it's even done. I had, I've got hearing loss in both ears. Um, I've only got sixty percent of hearing in one ear, and forty percent in the other. I went through um, a routine audiology audiology appointment um, six months ago, and I no longer need to wear hearing aids <laughs> because my hearing has recovered to such a degree that. Um, my hearing aids are too loud basically they hurt my ears if I wear them that's amazing and everyone knows that as you age your your hearing gets worse doesn't it apparently supposedly yeah yeah apparently so 10 years ago I had my audiology appointment to get my hearing aids five years ago I had a review and they just did the same prescription and then six months ago they said not worth it for us we're not it's not worth it you know uh, maybe if you're in a crowded room, you might benefit from them, but day to day, just don't worry about it. And, you know, I can hear the little man if he cries in his bedroom. Um, so as far as I'm concerned, um, I don't have hearing, hearing loss anymore, which is rather lovely. Emma, you're just amazing. 
all the stuff that you've been through and and your persistence to get through it and then all the work that you've done thank you I think it's um a defiance in me to to not be beaten by things and when someone says no to me I say why why not and the doctors were saying no they were saying look just just go home go to bed just forget it you know we'll sign the papers for for you for your income support don't worry it's all fine you'll be looked after you can get some nice housing and it'll all be okay and I thought no it's not going to be okay I cannot see myself at, at that point I was 38 using a motability scooter and I thought this would be the rest of my life if I do what you tell me to do this will be the rest of my life because I will go to bed my muscles will atrophy and I won't be able to walk very far because I'm not using my muscles anymore mm. so I basically without intense physical therapy I will be in a wheelchair for the rest of my life and I don't want to do that until I absolutely have to so it was pure strength of will um it used to take me nearly an hour to walk half a mile to my doctor's surgery Hmm. because I was so unwell I would have to take a step lean on my walking sticks take a step lean on my walking sticks it took me an hour to do the half mile but I did it I would be sweating profusely I would be sometimes be crying and people would ask me oh my goodness are you okay do you need help and I'd be like nope I'm absolutely fine thank you and people would be like this woman is completely nuts and I probably was nuts at that point um but I was determined that what they said to me was not going to be what happened. And 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 it wasn't. You know, it was it was hard work. Um in twenty eighteen I was working a very, very stressful job, um, as you both know, in Buckhurst <laughs> where I met you both. Um, with two special needs children. Uh, it was crazy. I did fifteen hour days virtually every day very 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 stressed I had moments of keto keto and carnival wonderfulness when I lost weight and I was raring on all cylinders and then the stress of the job would just kick in and I you know would it would all go horribly wrong um and it I ended up in hospital um at near the end of the first year um throwing up feeling awful in pain and they diagnosed that I had fatty liver um, and an enlarged spleen, uh, high blood pressure, diabetes. And I said, oh, okay, oh, oh, right, okay, what can I do about that? And they gave me the little leaflet that they give you in the NHS that says, eat, you know, lots of carbohydrates and, you know, do this and do that. And, Six times you know, a day. And get to walk every day. And I just went, yeah, okay, okay, all right. So I tried it their way, um, and then six months later, I went back for a, another liver ultrasound. Uh, I had all the blood tests, and everything had got worse. And they said to me, you know, you're obviously not following the special diet, you know, um, tut, 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 you know, patient compliance is such a, you know, it's the worst thing doctors have to deal with. And I said, I, I'm telling you right now that I followed your guide to the letter. And they were, no, no, you must have made a mistake, you know, da, 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 da. And I said, okay, all right, that's fine. 
I tell you what, I tell you, give me, and they wanted to, do, to, you know, give me big drugs, and not really keen on that, I said, so can I have three months to, to try and push this away? Oh, I don't know, you know, really you should get on these drugs, you know, you're at risk of all sorts of things, you could have a stroke, and oh, this could happen, and that could happen, and oh, etc, etc, I said, just give me three months, so three months of aggressive keto, Look, a bit of carnival thrown in. Uh, suddenly my BP was normal again. Type 2 diabetes reversed. Fatty liver virtually gone. All my liver enzymes were normal. Um, and I was feeling, feeling great. Um, I'd had a cough for three years. I'd had a cough. Gone. Cough gone. Fibromyalgia gone. IBS gone. Carpal tunnel gone. Uh, plantar fasciitis gone, acid reflux gone, um, leaky gut gone, ocular migraine gone, GERD gone, gingivitis gone, menus gone, bilateral hearing loss gone, PCOS symptoms gone, um, mineralopathy in my hands and my feet and my legs gone, tinnitus gone, hives gone, eczema gone, my injury to my ankle uh, when I fell off a curb because I was messing about healed, fine, not a problem, blepharitis gone, depression gone, post-nasal drip gone, uh, rosacea gone, um, just absolutely amazing, endless list, endless list of, of things that have just gone because I followed keto, um, my asthma only gets bad if the weather conditions are rubbish and I eat dairy. And I, the cheese, the cheese calls to me. Um, I love cheese and butter. And I find them really, really hard. I just don't have them in the house now because I just love them so much. But if I have them, my asthma is bad. Uh, and my joints start to ache. Um, and I limp a little bit. So I just don't have them anymore. Um, but there's lots of things you can have on keto that don't have dairy. Yeah. Um, yeah tell us about those dark moments when you were bedridden and Mm. what pushed you through what kept you going I think I just have um a total belief that things will get better things can get better and a stubbornness to not give in to it so when I was feeling really you know sometimes I would just cry and cry and cry Mm. So you can't cry anymore because you've just you just exhausted yourself. And then I would just literally give myself a good talking to. Come on, Emma, pull yourself together, suck it up, slap yourself around the face. You know this is ridiculous. You need to pull yourself together. So people, no one will help you. Just help yourself. Pull yourself together. And this actually is one of the points where I just really, really am thankful that the internet was around. Hmm. Um. That, that this all happened when the internet was here because obviously when we were younger there was no internet yeah you went to the library i mean i wouldn't have even been able to walk to the library um so google was definitely my friend um and although there's a lot of rubbish on google there's a lot of other things that you can find that are good on other obviously other search engines are available um but that helped me tremendously to see 
especially success stories of people who had conquered things with using keto and carnivore eating. Um, that really helped push me through. Yeah, and I just think I, I have a fighting spirit. Um, and I think, you know, I proved that. I was born six weeks premature, put on a ventilator, and I just fought to stay alive even at, at that age. Um, and I think that just stayed with me. Um, and also I've, I've met, you know, people like you and Louise, um, through, through keto groups and, and the keto people generally, 99.9% of people are so supportive and so lovely and helpful. And you can ask the same question that 5 million people before you have asked and they will often just go, yeah, this is why, da, 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 and not go, oh, for goodness sake, we've heard that one before. Mm. Um, and if there's a, a moment of sort of real loneliness, you can go on and say, I'm not feeling too great today and this has happened and that's happened. And you will get, you know, an online hug, basically. Um, and you'll, you'll definitely feel the love. But I have to say, when I, I stick to keto or carnivore, when I, when I do it, I actually don't have the moments of loneliness that I did have. Um, I might feel appropriate, what we call appropriately sad about, you know, normal things as a normal person, but I don't have that deep depression that I had. Um, and for, and it probably didn't last. It felt like it lasted forever, but it, it probably didn't last that long, really. Although I was in bed for the year, nearly a year, I wasn't depressed for that entire year. Mm. And it would come and go in peaks and troughs. And I think with women as well, a lot of it is hormonal. Um, certainly for me, I have very up and down hormones um, due to the, the, the polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um and I think learning, plotting that out and knowing when something's coming um, really, really helped me um, to understand why I was suddenly craving sugar or why I suddenly felt tearful, um, why everything was overwhelming. Um, if, I, if I plot out my cycle, I can totally see what the problem is. Mm. And, and if you've got the knowledge, then you've got the power. Um, and you can do something about it. Um, and it's not being in denial and saying, oh, it's okay, everything will be fine, ha, ha, ha. It's about understanding that you have been through rough times before. You will go through rough times again. But you've got through them before, and you can get through them again. Um, and just having that self-confidence and belief to know that you can do that. Mm. You were you found keto in two thousand and sixteen, yeah. And then you went tried out the carnivore in two thousand and seventeen mm. when when you mm -hmm. had that cancer diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Have you stayed keto carnivore all that time or no? I've been. I've, I'm. I'm going to be honest with the listeners and you. I've been off and on like a yo-yo. I'm probably a serial keto carnivore nightmare <laughs> um i still like to lose probably another 80 or 100 pounds and I'm, I'm i am working on that at the moment um it always amazes me when you go back to keto and carnivore how much water weight you actually have mm. and how much comes off you're like whoa um in my job the first two months um the little boy I look after, 
would be hysterical if you didn't eat exactly the same food as him. I mean, to the point of vomiting. So, um, I ate the same food as him. Whatever it was, I ate the same food. Mm. I was just like, oh, I'm not going, I'm not doing this to him. I'm not doing this to me. I'm, not, I'm just not doing it. There's only so much vomit one person can take, you know? Yeah. So, that was the first two months. And then, uh, so that took me to October, November of last year. And then things started to step down. He got secure. I started to surreptitiously remove things from my plate that were not keto or carnival. And he didn't, he started not saying anything. So I thought, oh, okay, okay. So um, for me, it's about planning. If I, I work a really strange shift at the moment. So I do over 14 days, I have one one day weekend and one three day weekend. Mm. So all the end of last year, my three day weekends were taken up with moving, storing stuff, selling stuff, decorating, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So there was no planning going on really. So it was kind of probably 60% carnival, keto. Um, now I've got my three day weekends back. <laughs> I basically prep like a demon. Um, so I, 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 you know, will cook three packs of bacon a week in the oven, uh, make egg muffin-y things, um, buy meat and, you know, cook things. And as a living nanny, your space, your food's supposed to be paid for by your bosses, but I don't put that on my bosses because it, it's expensive to buy meat all the time. Yeah. So I tend to sort of buy quite a lot of roasts and things like that and cook those. And then I've always got some meat in the fridge, you know, that's ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I batch cook vegetables. Um, so we've got four days worth of veg- veggies ready. So literally I can open the fridge, get out some veg, put it on a plate, you know, get some meat out. And then I've got a meal, you know, in two minutes in the microwave. So it is about prep. I would say at the moment I'm probably 90, 95% keto. Um, I just need to push myself. I am doing, um, I'm back to doing 16 or 18 hour fasts um, again uh, with the hope of sort of pushing myself through um, because I was able to do 72 hours in the past, as you know, Jackie. Um, and it, 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 fasting is a mindset thing. Definitely. It definitely. Is. Definitely. Um, and it's just, it's putting myself in. I think now the sort of the new job thing, the moving, the decorating, all that nonsense is done. I've now got sort of a clear brain to be able to go, right, I'll just pull yourself together for a sight, self around the face and do it. Um, and I'm just going to, you know, have to do it hmm. and pull myself. But your group is great like that because you all do it every week and I've just got to, you know, suck it out like the rest of you and and and, and get on with it and, and I think you can do it I think if I can recover from all the things that were recovered a bit of not eating is not gonna hurt really <laughs> no as I said to someone <laughs> last week I said you hunger is not going to kill you no and she asked no, are you sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely I think we're so conditioned to eat and I think I said on the group the other day I I'm in charge of about six meals a day because the little man has three meals a day and then he has nearly always two snacks a day, so that's five. And then I come back to the flat 
we we live in 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 the house um, that I work in. I've got a flat here, which is a wonderful blessing. But um, I come back and my husband often needs me to help him cook cook his meals. Mm. So it's six meals a day. So it is really it's getting your brain around that. And I I used to nanny and not eat. So I I just need to to just do that again, really. And it's like you conveniently forget all these little things you used to do. Yeah. Because it's much more fun to stuff your face. Absolutely. I just love eating. <laughs> I just want yeah, to eat. Too. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm a cook and I'm a bit of a feeder. I love cooking and it's just learning new ways to sort of express that, really. So with your keto carnivore, you know, you, mm. the effects of that, you know, the mm-hmm. actual when you're 100% committed to it and mm-hmm. then when you're dipping your toe in and out mm-hmm. of that and mm. you realise that it is all about the preparation and the planning and, and those yeah. keys for success. How do yeah. you much reconcile that? But the fact that at the moment you've acknowledged that it was stressful, moving, decorating and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Are you okay with the fact that you might have the occasional ache and pain, the migraines or those sorts of things are you okay with that I wouldn't say I, I it's really hard I think in your mind I think you you don't want to connect the two because you don't want to admit that you're hurting yourself because that's a foolish thing to do um I think I'm one of those great people who look after everybody else I mean my job is about looking after other people yeah my, um, I often say my job is not just about the child, it's about the parents as well. I spend a lot of time, quite frankly, looking after them. Um, and I think I've always been bottom of the list, um, like a lot of women are. We're, we're, a lot of women are. They have families and caring responsibilities and they're, and they're at the bottom of the list. I think my problem is, is that a lot of my symptoms take two or three days to appear. So I can have, on a Monday, I can eat, I don't know, a piece of bread or even, it can be even be something like a potato. Potatoes actually are evil as far as I'm concerned. They are an evil vegetable. Um, and But it won't actually show up until the Thursday that I will have hip pain. And at that point, my brain's completely forgotten that I had a potato on Monday or a piece of bread on Monday. Um, so I've actually started to write everything down again which is laborious and boring and a pain in my neck, quite frankly, mm. because I don't want to do it. But then I've suddenly started drawing all these parallels and going, oh, my goodness, you know. I had a mouthful of rice on Tuesday, and today my hip hurts. So I'm thinking, oh, it's probably the rice, you know, um, because I haven't had anything else, you know, dodgy um, this week. So it amazes me how small an amount of stuff it is. Um, I think you build up a tolerance um, when you're eating it all the time. And then when you go without it and then you have it, you then realise actually how how bad these things are. I think I believe in, in everybody being kind to themselves, but I think I'm probably being misguided in being kind to myself about allowing myself to eat nonsense things. <laughs> um, so... I think the food diary is the way forward for me, to be honest with you. And let I, I look forward to some blank pages when I'm fasting. Let's just say that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we've got 
an epi- this episode will be out, which is episode 24, um, will be out by the time people are listening to this. And she said she keeps and encourages people to keep a symptom diary as well so that yeah. then you can correlate. The That's two. right, yeah. Yes, absolutely. So I have um, two-thirds of the pages is about um, food, what I've eaten, and then a third of the page is, is, is symptoms. Um, and I've only been doing it for a couple of weeks, to be honest with you again, because it is a faff and a pain. Um, but, and I am probably the laziest person when it comes to these things. I don't do macros. I've never done macros. I just roll my eyes into heaven when anyone goes, oh, I can't have this because it's not in my macros. And I just say, oh, yeah, whatever, love, you know. Um, I just, I can't be doing with any of that nonsense. So I have made myself do it. And it is completely amazing the, the, the correlations between things. Um, even things like my skin's a bit drier or, or you know, my eyes hurt are a bit, you know, st- more sticky in the mornings or just really odd things that you think wouldn't correlate to anything. You'd just be like, oh, wipe my eye, you know. And then you look back and you're like, oh, okay, you know. Um, but definitely, I don't think I'll ever eat a potato without it causing me pain. So I'm just forget and I love potatoes to be honest yeah one of my favorites um but they really they really do hurt me potatoes it's it's a bad thing and rice I mean you just think rice is very innocuous but rice causes me to have sticky eyes sore ear and 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 a sore hip so that's a no-go as well so I think I've sort of accepted that it's just not good for me and I need to pull myself together um and and I know I know the answer that you know I do know the answer and there's actually nothing in my way now mm. you know I'm settled in my new home I'm settled in my job um and um my husband and I are back together we split up for a while and we're back together and everything's great so there's no excuse now really I'm glad things are looking up you've been tested remind me yeah. of that <laughs> yeah. we'll be able to play this episode back to you yeah. <laughs> Just that little section. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Louise, what did you say? Have you been tested for food allergies? I have, yes. Interestingly, I was tested when I was 21. And then um, a very nice doctor in my last practice, who was absolutely amazing um, and was actually very instrumental in my recovery in that he he was a... Um, he was a a training doctor, training GP, in his last year of training. And so he was able to have 20-minute appointments with you, and he basically diagnosed me with about seven things that I'd been told I was a hysterical female and there was nothing wrong with me. Um, And he said, no, 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 this is the reason why X, Y, Z, which was lovely because it kind of lifted a a mental cloud off me and made me stop believing that I actually was a hysterical, you know, Victorian melodrama kind of person. Um, and I, I got food tested then, um, and there is actually a huge list. It's about 18 or 19 things that I have a problem with, either severely or, you know, in the mid-range. So, yeah, it, it's a lot of things. Um, but that's probably um, 
gut issues um, because I've been on some really strong medications mm. um, that have that you you take because they say to you that they will help you and that you need them and this will stop this thing but what they don't tell you is what it will cause <laughs> um, and my gut has has been destroyed by by several medications I was on um, when I was really ill and and since and um, now I just kind of nod and smile when they say about these things and and then say I'll investigate and I'll get back to you. I mean recently I had a new practice um, nurse visit and it was to um, do my blood pressure and my blood pressure was really high and she said oh, oh dear and I, I suffer from white coat syndrome which is ridiculous because I used to be a you know a trainee midwife, a trainee nurse, I've worked in hospitals but I do have white coat syndrome. And she gave me a form and she said, off you go, go home, do your blood pressure three times a day at home. And here's a little leaflet for you on healthy eating for blood pressure. I looked at that leaflet and it said, eat 60% of your diet as carbohydrates, low salt, low sugar, 30 minutes of exercise a day, etc, etc. And I gave the sheet back and I said, thank you so much for your interest in my blood pressure, but I don't think I need this sheet. She said, oh, no, 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 you need to do it. I said, oh, I think you need to read the salt fix. And she went, oh, okay. Um, I said, do you want me to write it down for you? And I wrote it on the top of the form and gave her the form back. And she just looked at me and went, oh, okay. Mm. So over the week, I did my blood pressure. My blood pressure, average blood pressure was 125 over 84, which is absolutely fine. Um, and lo and behold, I don't need any follow-up. Speaking about your recovery... Yeah. And I was just, I was curious as to what kind of like social care or other support services that you had, because you said, you know, you were, were encouraged that this may well be a long term, mm -hmm. you know, situation for situation. you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually never went down that route. I was determined not to go down that route. Um, I had my, my lovely friends who came and uh, bought me meals and made me meals, etc. Um, or I just didn't eat. I mean, I was fasting without knowing it. I didn't know anything about it in those days. Um, and I never actually went down that road because I didn't want to, because I thought that, is, for me, that was a slippery slope to ruin. I thought if I have that, that formal support in, I will just die. I will just stop. Because I won't need to get up. I won't need to make myself go to the loo. I won't need to, to, to start cooking again. I won't need to walk to the doctor's surgery. I can have someone come and push me to the surgery in my wheelchair. I can have someone come and wash me in my bed. I won't need to get up and have a shower. So I, I refuse to, to do it, to be honest with you. I was what they call a non-compliant patient and client. So um, I was... I was happy to do that, to be honest with you. I didn't, I didn't want to go down that route. And I'm not saying that anybody who has help, there's a problem with that. It's just my, my spirit, my mindset was, if you go down that route, you'll never come back. You'll never turn around and come back. Mm. And I was, my fixture was on, my mental fixture was on going back to work. That was my be all and end all. I'd been 
caring for other people. I'd been a nanny at that point for about 20 years. And, you know, it was my life, that job. I loved that job. Um, and I wanted to go back to it. And I knew it, it's a very physically demanding job. And I knew that it would be very difficult to go back to. But I was determined to do it. And I, and I did do it. So, um, yeah. yeah. But in saying that, you know, there is a thing about help-seeking behaviours. So, yeah. you know, there's one thing about the giving and the accepting mm, of mm, help, mm. but also knowing when to seek help. Mm, that doesn't mm. stop you from knowing there's a problem yeah. and going out, as you did. Google yeah. was your friend yeah. and you yeah. found the groups and you found the support Absolutely. when you needed it, but it had yeah. to be on your terms? Would that be Definitely, right? yeah. I'm definitely on, I'm on my terms person. So what my bosses have learned about me and my last boss succinctly put it in, in a, a reference to me he said don't ever tell Emma what to do <laughs> discuss it with Emma and she'll come up with the idea herself or alternatively just leave her alone and she'll still come up with the idea and it'll be lovely and it'll be done efficiently and wonderfully but if you tell me what to do it just gets my back up I just get annoyed I just think oh yeah whatever um so I mean, there probably was a lot of that in that because I felt very, I felt very um, patronised by the medical community, very patted on the head, and oh poor little Emma, she you know she's not well and she'll she'll never be well again and oh just just have the nursing you'll be okay. That's how I felt, and I was like, don't you talk to me like that? How dare you? You know. And I probably, that anger probably is what pushed me through. Mm. Um, that, that, and, and the fact that they were saying, oh, I don't know what to do. I mean, I just was like, why do you not know what to do? How can you, you, you trained for all those years to, to help people, to treat people, and you don't know what to do? What do you mean you don't know what to do? You wash your hands of me. Why do you wash your hands of me? What, what, what have you no idea? And there was no outside help or, you know, there was no holistic care. I wouldn't say it was holistic at all. It was all very medically based. And um, what can we give you to to treat you to um, lessen your symptoms? Not can, not can we heal you? What can we do to make it less painful, less difficult for you? There wasn't actually an end goal of getting me better. The end goal was making. If you goal had was... a function, yeah, a functional yeah. medicine approach, yeah. which is really interesting. We we um, have interviewed um, Dr. Michael Basilton, who mm-hmm. was a functional medicine doctor, and it's really exactly what you're saying. Is that mm. holistic lifestyle? Get let's get to the root cause. We're not yeah. trickling at the tinkering at the edges here. Yeah. We're actually getting to the root of your problem. Yeah, the root of your problem, as you said, is basically this gut dysbiome dysregulation yeah. mm-hmm. because of the medications from all those medical conditions yeah. that manifested in this. Yeah. you know, symptoms, yeah, symptomologies, That's right. then really yeah. let's get to the yeah. root cause then. That's right. And I think that, you know, I haven't always been really, really overweight. I've been slightly overweight. Um, and then about probably 15 years ago, 20 years ago, 
um, I started to become really overweight. And I think, um, and it's that old chicken and egg thing. Did the PCS come first or did the obesity come first or, you know, what happened um, and, and everything else. And I think that I've had so many antibiotics. I'm actually antibiotic resistant to a huge degree now. Um, uh, you know, m most people have one course of five days. I will, if I go on antibiotics, it's for three to four weeks because I'm so resistant and sometimes they have to test and they have to re-evaluate which antibiotics to give me and change them and then keep those going for two or three weeks um, and that's because I've had such a huge number in my life um, you know from that six week um, premature birth I was given a huge dose of antibiotics and at age two I had bacterial meningitis and they said to my mum we need to give her antibiotics. She's got a 50-50 chance that this will kill her. Um, or we leave her and she dies anyway. So mum went, okay, I'll find the form for the antibiotics. So from, you know, that initial antibiotics as a little tiny baby and then at two years old having so many antibiotics that they could have killed me, you know, my microbiome has been at it, has been under fire since I was tiny. Uh, and it's not really surprising that at 38 it, my body just went just you are having a laugh you know and just closed down and just went no nope, can't do this anymore um you've got to do you know and you've got to come to a point where you've got to do something um and your body gives you this huge warning sign and says right you know no, now take notice out. yeah and i was such a pusher through and so used to being in pain and and having illness and just getting on with it and work. I mean, I worked through double pneumonia twice. I, as a nanny, I worked through double pneumonia twice. That's how defiant and strong I am. Just, I just did it. Um, so my body had to do something very drastic to get me to listen to, and it, and it did. Um, and I listened. Yeah. Good. Good job you listened. Yeah. And good job you found Daisy's group by the sound of it. Yeah, absolutely. Total saviour. Um, just love it a bit and has been wonderful. Uh, as you both know, Daisy's a, an amazing woman. Um, she has time for everybody and she makes you feel like, you know, you're really important when she's, she's you know, um, with you and like she's got all the time in the world, even though she's probably one of the busiest women on the planet. And it has been it's actually been the only group that i've i've stuck with um throughout you know my since 2016 other groups i've come and gone from other podcasts i've come and gone from um but but hers um definitely because she always manages to be sort of current and and fresh and she's also totally irreverent which i think is wonderful <laughs> so <laughs> she's a rebel isn't she and certainly, yeah, she will be in your, your neighbourhood very shortly. So by the time that this podcast comes out, your episode, she will be back in the UK. Oh, lovely. Well, we welcome her to the shores. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is she allowed to travel then, is she? I believe that she's packing up and getting everything moved and obviously that's part of the Yeah, um, you're allowed to move for the yeah. Yeah. yeah, for the relocation. Yeah. So um, oh, and obviously cool. being able to quarantine at home in her new her new home. Oh wonderful. 
That's great. That's really great. So, Emma, what does 2021 look for you? You're nannying full-time to a spirited yeah. two-year-old. Yeah. You're going to be riding that keto carnivore train. Yeah. Everything's prepped. The meals are prepped and planned. Yeah. What's on the horizon for you? Well, I'm really hoping that the, the whole coronavirus thing goes away so we can actually get a holiday because um, my husband and I have actually never been on holiday together. Um, in the seven years we've been, been with each other, we've never been able to afford it. He's self-employed. Um, now that we have um, basically free accommodation, we've, we've now, um, we can afford to go away, um, which is very exciting. Um, so hopefully we're going to do that. Um, and Where's on your list to go? everywhere <laughs> um, I, he's never flown before so we'll probably start gentle and do maybe a couple of weekends in the europe i think and then um i don't know really um part of me wants beach holiday part of me wants sightseeing so maybe a, a, a dual thing you know somewhere in the world i'm not sure um yeah. I've welcome been to come to thailand you can welcome to come to thailand yeah, absolutely. I've well, I've been before, um, but he's not been, so that's fine. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll we'll do that. Uh, just get fitter, really, and lose more weight. And um, I'm fifty uh, at the end of March, which is kind of surreal to me because I still feel very young inside and very silly. Um, so, I feel like this is my year. Actually, I feel, you know, I'm really settled in my job. I think I'm going to be here for a long time. Um, I think we may have the pitter-patter of tiny feet soon. Um, so, you know, number two may may appear this year or next year. Um, so that's exciting. And where I live is, is, um, is, a, is a, a garden that is open to the public normally. Um, it's the Harold Pito Gardens at Iford. Eiford Manor um, and um, it's an absolutely beautiful place to live. We live in a, a secluded valley um, and it is such a blessing to be here, um, to be working here and to be part of this community. We've got great team members um, other people work here obviously to keep the estate running and um, I think it's going to be a, a great year actually as long as we come out of this coronavirus thing. Mm. Um, yeah, there's being at home with a two-year-old um, and only going out to Sainsbury's as your highlight of your week is 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 not fun. I mean, you know, I it actually it's children in this that I really worry about. Um, he's two now. Um, he has not seen a friend since he was eighteen months old. Yeah. He has lots of grown-up friends, um, but he hasn't seen another child or played with another child in six or seven months. And the last time he properly had friends was last February. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. And this is a very key social time um, for children of his age uh, uh, and older children. So it's them that I really, really worry about um, in this whole thing. Um, so hopefully 2021, we can go back to doing things like swimming and music groups and he can go to nursery and... And we can actually have a life, really. I think that's what I hope for 2021 for everybody, that we can all get out there and hug each other and 
you know, sit within two foot of each other without worrying that we're gonna kill each other off and things like that. I mean, I, I'm, I'm fairly vulnerable um, on on the doctors uh, for this coronavirus, um, but I'm not overly concerned about it. I have to say, I'm not obsessively concerned about it like I was in the beginning. I'm cautious, you know. But I'm optimistic about it. Um, I take some supplements. I nebulise. Um, I do sort of preventative things to help protect me. Um, so I'm hoping 2021 will be a good year. Fantastic. I was going to say that you would be considered like high risk with your asthma. Mm-hmm. And have you had the yeah. vaccination yet? Uh, what the no, no. I'm high risk because. Um, on the doctors, I'm still diabetic, hypertensive, um, uh, asthma, um, and the ME. I, I'm, I'm considered to have a tough immune system. Um, but no, I haven't had the vaccine yet. I haven't been offered the vaccine yet. Um, I was offered the flu vaccine, but I declined that because every year I've had the flu vaccine, the last four years, I've been very ill. And in fact, 2018, I actually got pneumonia. Uh, at the end of that, so I was, I'm reluctant to have the flu vaccine now, um, because of that. Um, and touch wood, I've been fine. I've been nebulising with colloidal silver once a day, and with saline and uh, essential oils once a day. Uh, if I am a bit blocked up or anything, I'll do three times a day. Um, I've been taking vitamin D supplements uh, right. and vitamin B mm, because. Right. Um, the yeah. medication I take uh, messes with your vitamin B levels. So I take vitamin B as well. Um, so that's kind of been my preventative strategy, really. Mm. And 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 walking every day, just you know, getting out there and yeah. uh, getting some fresh air and a bit of exercise, exercising the lungs and everything. Um, mm. And and when it comes to the vaccine, I'm I'm. I'm in two minds, let's just say that. I haven't decided yes or no yet. I definitely will not have the the um the the one that is is uh has the RNA in it. Um I won't have that one. Um the Oxford one I'm in two minds about, I haven't decided. I think I'm waiting to see what they say and what happens. Um I'm really concerned about the political, social implications of it um, along the lines of if you don't have the vaccine, you can't do this or you can't do that. I was going to say, if you're, you're planning on travelling, exactly. you may or have yeah. to have it. Yeah. And, yeah. So I, I just don't know. I just The problem is I feel that at 50 years, I think if you're 70 or 80 or 90 and you're near the end of your life and you have a vaccine, you're unfortunately probably going to die before we le- learn about long-time effects of these things. Mm. At 50, I've got enough life left in me for a long-time effect to show itself. Um, and at the moment, I kind of feel as well at the moment that my immune system is not good enough, recovered enough for me to have another thing in there. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like right. I need a, a bit more healing time. Mm-hmm. Um, before I introduce something that is 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 new and that they haven't done all the testing on yet because they haven't had the time because they've had to create it so quickly 
and they've you know understand they had to create it so quickly and they've had to they haven't got you know we haven't got the time for them to see what happens to people when they have it so i don't want to challenge my fragile immune system any more than i have to at the moment mm. but i think if i approach 2021 keto carnival and i, I actually really enjoy being carnival um, and i lose more weight and i carry on with my supplementation and my nebulizing i'm giving my immune system and my gut really good chance of recovery and and rebuilding and then maybe at the end of 2021 i think okay you know i could have this now um if things are going really well yeah yeah i take your point with the the astrazeneca that was the oxford astrazeneca one where you're saying it's the attenuated virus as opposed to the Mm. pfizer one which is the Mm. the mrna Mm. so um yeah it's yeah as you said you know let's just wait and see and if you're doing all the things you're keto carnivore your plans your preps your exercising your supplementing it sounds like you know this is as you said you know your 50s which you know you know 50s is a new 40 so um (laughs) you go girl you're in the prime of your life and um onwards and upwards absolutely absolutely it's just you know it's it's positive outlook um even when things are bad um it's going to get better it's always going to get better it can't get worse as I'm concerned, it just could going to get better. Yeah. Great. So we'd like to wrap things up and we ask our guests for their three top tips. Um, top tip number one, never give up. Um, and never believe that you are a failure because you ate something you think you shouldn't have. Top tip number two, always... Um, believe that you can do it Mm. no matter what anybody else says um the one person that you should please the most is yourself yeah you are the person who has to live in your head and you are the person that has to justify your behavior to yourself um so if you are making yourself happy and content then actually it doesn't matter what other people say um because you have to live in your own head. They don't have to live there. Mm. And number three, I think try it. Just try it for 30 days. Don't cheat if you can help it. Try for 30 days. Try to be keto don't, or low carb, even low carb. If you're, if you're really, 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 really addicted to sugar and carbs and you really can't face the thought of being keto, try low carb. You know, go on Diet Doctor website. They they do plans for you, for goodness sake. It's so easy. They do a shopping list. Um, try it for 30 days. An honest 30 days trying and join join a group or something for support. Try it for 30 days and then come back to me if you've got a problem or back to someone else and say, this didn't work. And maybe you need help to unpick that. But it's unlikely that it won't affect you positively in some way mm. to just try it great tips have the confidence to try it that's it perfect so emma thank you for joining us today thank you for sharing your at times traumatic journey and now you've been you. through some dark times thank you for yeah. sharing thank you pleasure and thank you so much for your time guys 
Louise, that's a totally amazing journey to think everything that she's been through and never has, has never given up. She's put 88% of her conditions into remission. Yeah, and I think we were coming up with a list of adjectives to describe that particular journey and we said that there's obviously an amazing resilience, a commitment, a tenacity, that there is this absolute resolve and, you know, that fighting spirit that really got her through, that she was absolutely dogged in her approach to getting better, which she's done. It's absolutely amazing. And it just goes to show the effect of mind over matter when you in those dark places, that it is your mind that gets you through and keeps, you need to keep fighting. It was an epic journey. Epic journey, absolutely. But, you know, it was interesting where she said about that kind of resolve that she knew that she would, there would be coming that day, that day that she would be able to obviously to see, to hear, um, to walk and get her balance and you know she's she knows what she needs to do and she has that rebel streak in her that she was basically telling the doctors no we're not fixing the symptoms we're not just managing the symptoms we need to get to the root cause of this particular issue and so that's that's really what I'm on many people would have just taken the doctor's word for it and not and just given up and not gone any further But she, to her credit, just kept fighting. Absolutely. So we wish Emma all the best, you know, as she is moving now towards wanting to lose, you know, more weight. And, you know, she has those still persistent four four conditions of which she said, you know, are 50% better. So we, we wish her, you know, every best in, you know, resolving as much as she can those remaining four, four conditions. Mm. Yeah. Why don't you tell the listeners where we can get the show notes for Emma's episode? The show notes can be found at www.fabulouslyketo.com forward slash podcast forward slash zero three zero. Great. Thanks, Jackie. Thank you. Hey, Jackie. You know, when you were starting out with keto, you probably had loads of questions. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Don't you wish you just had someone who was able to give you just the simple answers to all those questions about macros, electrolytes, reading nutrition labels and sweetness? Absolutely, yeah. Well, we want to have an episode where you, dear listener, can AMA, which stands for Ask Me Anything. You'll be able to ask us anything using a Fabulously Keto webpage where there is a contact form and you could submit your questions, which we will answer on these episodes. The contact page is fabulouslyketo.com forward slash AMA. Whether you're just starting out or experienced in your journey, we will happily answer your questions. You don't have to be new to keto, so if you're further along in your journey and have questions on being stuck on a plateau or a stall, then feel free to submit your questions as well. Just head over to www.fabulouslyketo.com forward slash AMA. It would be great if you could support us through Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash fabulouslyketo and you can choose the monthly amount you wish.
can you recommend a guest we can interview? If you can, click on the link in the show notes to send us your recommendation. Follow us on social media. Our Facebook page is called Fabulously Keto or follow us on Instagram, Fabulously Keto One. Did you enjoy the show? Let us know that you listened by tagging us in your Insta story or Instagram post using the handle Fabulously Keto One and the hashtag TFKP. All the links are on the website and in the show notes. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, click the subscribe button. Reviews help us to be found and reach new listeners. Please leave a review of our show on your preferred podcast listening platform. We appreciate you taking the time and read them all. Disclaimer. The information in this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. Nothing in this podcast can be taken as advice, whether our guests are doctors, healthcare professionals or not. They're only sharing their own opinions and stories and this does not constitute a doctor-patient relationship. It's always best to seek professional medical advice should you wish to make any changes to your current medication or treatments. Also speak to your own doctor if you have any concerns about your health or you wish to make lifestyle changes, especially if you're taking medication. Mm -hmm.